you're listening to The Payday Podcast with your host, Samantha Mantra, me. If you're wondering why you're hearing my voice again without a two-week wait, it's because I promised you a double episode. A girl was feeling a little bit under the weather, and so you get two episodes for your end-of-month payday. This episode, we are going to talk about that thing that people define very poorly. We are going to talk about the emergency fund. What is an emergency fund? How much should I have in it? Do I have to save forever? The answers to these questions, to me, shouldn't really be that different. But depending on what finance professional you're talking to, the definitions vary. And so I just wanted to take a moment and give you all my perspective on how you should approach the emergency fund, especially as we are living through multiple emergencies. Let's start with a simple disclaimer. If you've had to use your emergency fund for an emergency, then you shouldn't be feeling bad about it or beating yourself up. Let's say your car broke down, maybe your kid needed to go to the doctor and there was some extra copay expenses and then medicine expenses. Maybe, you know, you had to cover yourself for the two months when you didn't have employment before you got this new or higher paying gig. There's a bunch of reasons why you might need to draw on your emergency fund, but I frequently find that people feel a little bit bad about using it, but that's what the money is for. Because if you have an emergency fund, then you don't need to put it on an emergency credit card. So let's start with the basics. An emergency fund is a set of money, hopefully it's in a high yield savings account, that you draw on when you have an emergency. It's the first thing that most people need to do in their personal finances. You get a job, you get income, you pay your bills, you manage your debts, you start saving for your emergency fund. How much should be in it? Let's start with this, length of time. Pre-pandemic, which feels like a lifetime ago, any financial professional worth their salt would have told you three to six months is good for people who don't have kids. And if you have kids, you want six to 12 months once you have a family. That doesn't seem to be the case now, does it? That's because as emergencies have increased in frequency and cadence for many of us, basically anybody who can should be aiming to save as close to 12 months as possible. And let's say, making up numbers now, that you need $3,000 a month for your life, you might look at me and look at the number and say, woman, you expect me to save $36,000? I've never had that much money in my life. To which I say, valid. An emergency fund is an ongoing practice. It's something that you want to get to the place where it's just running in the background like your refrigerator every night. You should always be saving into it because most of us will never tap out at the full 12 months, which is when you stop saving into it. And you should be very clear about what it is that you need to cover. So emergency fund, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. In general, you really need to be aggressive until you get to the three-month mark. Once you get to the three-month, you take a deep breath, you look around at your life and your circumstances, and you say, okay, I need to keep going or I'll ease off a little bit so I could pay off some debts, take a vacation, do this, this, and that. Okay, back to paying attention to this. Six months is generally the mark where, like I said, pre-having multiple emergencies all the time, which is the last two, three years, you like six months. I have a six-month emergency fund. Emergency fund is not rent money. I want you all to understand. I've had some people be a little bit confused. You're like, I have six months rent saved up. And I'll say, that's wonderful. 
but six months rent is not six months of an emergency fund. An emergency fund is your fixed expenses, so all of your expenses that basically say to save them every month, like rent, like subscriptions, like internet, cell phone bill, utilities, all the numbers that are the same every month, fixed expenses, plus your variable expenses. Your variable expenses include groceries. Your variable expenses include retail that you will need for yourself personally or your household. They include things that pop up. And in general, once you pay attention to your stuff, you'll usually see that your variable is plus minus two, three hundred dollars. That's about where it is for most people. If you don't account for variable expenses, when you sit down, you're like, I need this much money in my emergency fund. You're setting yourself up to have to live through an emergency on very, very little. And when you're living through an emergency, that is not the time to have to deal with scarcity if it can be avoided. Living through an emergency is tough. When you're living through an emergency, you're not thinking about how much money is here or there necessarily. You might be focused on handling the emergency, such as, God forbid, someone is sick and I must fly across the country to be with them. God forbid, there's been a car crash and I need to get there now. Emergency funds are for emergencies, and they're hopefully going to give you enough of buffer that you don't need to think about, oh, if I spent $500 on this, then I don't know how I'm going to pay for groceries next month. That's not the intention. And a lot of financial professionals, and I disagree with this approach, to be clear, used to calculate emergency fund as just groceries and no other variable expenses plus fixed expenses. And I have always thought that is completely ridiculous. If you know anybody, anybody at all, who has managed to live on just fixed expenses and groceries, I would like to interview them. They are somebody I really admire and I would like to understand how they manage to do that. The best budgeters I know cannot make it work on just groceries and fixed expenses. You will need to buy toilet paper. You will need to buy soap. There will be household retail expenses. There will be birthdays, and when things are dark, you're going to want to celebrate harder. Sometimes that's the way we get through dark times. So your emergency fund should be calculated based on fixed and variable. What is my average fixed and variable expenses in a month? You need to know the answer to that question in order to calculate a proper emergency fund. So fixed variable, we have an average, we've looked at our life across a calendar year. What is the other really important number here? The other really important number is debt minimums. So let's say you have a credit card or a private student loan and there's a minimum payment on that. Maybe you're paying more than the minimum, right? Maybe your credit card payment is $50 and you're paying $100 or $150 every month to pay it down a little bit quicker. The point is, is that in an emergency where you don't have income or you have other things to handle, you need to make sure your minimums are handled because you might need the extra money that you are paying on that particular debt to handle X emergency that has popped onto your plate. So your emergency fund should be three numbers that you are using to calculate it. It should be your fixed expenses, your variable expenses, and your debt minimums. When you add those numbers together, you have a number that is your average life cost without savings because you're not going to save in an emergency 99 times out of 100. You're going to be focused on the emergency unless your savings are on auto pay, which is a different podcast episode. You will take that number and you'll times it by 12 
And then you'll be really overwhelmed because you're going to see a number like 36,000 and you're going to laugh and you're going to say, you must be joking. But I want you to look at that number and tell me what three months looks like. So for 10 numbers, let's say the number is 3,000 just because it's nice and round and easy to talk about. And let's say three months would be 9,000, 3,000, 6,000, $9,000. It is not that hard with a good paying job and a little bit of luck to get our way up to having $9,000 in a high yield savings account. That might be the most breathing room you've ever had in your life, or it might be the start of you rebuilding yourself after a chaotic set of months. You get to $9,000 and you look around and you're like, okay, I might take the next month off, treat myself, and then I will resume saving again. And what I want you to remember is when you're saving and we're talking about emergency savings, it does not matter where you start. If you start with a dollar or 20 bucks and you're just kind of feeling a little bit ridiculous because you're like, I need to save $9,000 and all I can afford to put away is 20 bucks right now. I feel ridiculous. I would like to remind you, it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where we're going. And so always and always a part of my conversations are going to be, we need to know how much income we need to make to live our life. That means that if you start off saving $20, that might be what you can afford to save at this job. Your next job, when you're putting away $200 a month or $200 a paycheck, that's going to feel different. And when you get to the place that you could put away $500, $600, even maybe $1,000 a month, then those numbers start to become a lot less ridiculous and a lot less feeling like it's in la-la land. Once you've calculated your emergency fund, it's important to start. Any, to be cliche, but cliches are true, once you start something, you're one step closer to actually accomplishing it. So start $20, $40, $100, whatever you can put away, because you deserve to not have to go into debt or move money around or scramble when an emergency, when ish hits the fan. So the emergency fund is you paying yourself to not be stressed out later, because one thing we know about life is it will stress us out at some point in time. You've calculated it. You've started it. What now? What are the next steps here? The next step is where your money should live. Your emergency fund needs to be separated from your other savings. In fact, I strongly advocate for this. Maybe you're saving up for like a car or a really big trip. That should be in a separate account from the emergency savings. You should be able to glance at the account and without doing math on the back of an envelope or having to do the mental math in your head, know exactly how much you have to weather whatever storm is coming your way. And that money, the emergency fund money, should live in a high yield savings account. Pre-pandemic, and I know y'all are tired of hearing me say that word, but it matters, context, High yield savings rates almost kept up with inflation. They were 1.8, they were 2%. You didn't really lose much money from keeping, quote unquote, your money in a bank account. Now the rates are 0.5, 0.6, 0.4%. It doesn't matter. Eventually the rates will come back up. They'll take their time coming back up, but they will. And that's where the emergency fund money should live because the high yield savings account will give you a little bit of money back, one, two, three, five, ten, twenty, two hundred dollars back on the money that you worked for. And money that you didn't have to work for is good. It's not an investment account. It doesn't function as an investment account. It's FDIC insured bank accounts. That's the stable place to put it. And emergency fund money should not be in the stock market. 
Because to be very simplistic, if an accident happens on a Friday and the markets are closed until Monday, how are you accessing that money? It's far too volatile also for emergencies when you need cash on hand with an immediacy. And it's okay to have differences of opinion, but I don't think there's much wiggle room to disagree about how an emergency happens. Nobody gets to choose when it happens for them. And so you want things as on hand as possible. You want things as stable as possible. And you want clarity. You don't want to think and do mental math during an emergency of like, okay, but 8K was for the car and 3K was for the vacation. So how much do I have left to handle this thing that has popped up? You want it to be clear and easy for yourself. You calculate it. You implement it. You know where to place it. The more straightforward and clear you make your personal finances, the easier your life is going to be. Speaking of ways to make your life easier, if you're getting ready to start a podcast and you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to get started. It's free. Anchor distributes your podcast for you across multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Their app allows you to edit straight from your phone or computer, and there's no minimum listenership to start earning revenue. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. But Samantha, what about the rest of my life? Am I just supposed to be always saving? When will, when will I get to enjoy my money that I'm working for? Now, your first three months are really most important because without three months of emergency savings, most people will go into debt. But once you get to the six-month mark of emergency savings, then it's time to reevaluate what else is happening in your life. So let's say you got the six months of emergency savings, you've paid off at least one credit card, your student loans are stable, then as a professional who works with your finances, I would ask you, what are the things that you want to do? So maybe we've been contributing, I don't know, $400 to the emergency fund and we've hit our six months and you're considering, should I up the emergency fund some more? There's these other things I really want to do. I am very aware that when you spend too long focused on a singular goal, what tends to happen, at least with my clients and community, is sometimes there's this like financial whiplash. So if you go from like saving a lot to spending a lot, or you'll do a really big splurge. And in order to counteract that, I try and bring some intentionality to the next goal. So if we hit our six months emergency savings, maybe it's time for a vacation and a pause, maybe, and then come back to it. Or maybe perhaps what we do is we keep that $400 consistent, but we don't raise it when we get our next wage increase because we wanna make sure that we have some room for lifestyle improvements. You only get one life. It's important to live it well, even as we're assuring financial stability and independence, among other things. Your emergency fund doesn't have to feel like it's some burden of continuous savings that never ends. And I strongly believe that as wages increase and more and more workers across the country, public and private sector, refuse to accept lower wages, that we will get to the place where more and more people can say, yeah, I hit my emergency fund and I've moved on to other things. Also, I want to be clear, you can save for more than one thing at the same time. Your emergency fund should just be your first priority in savings. Generally speaking, um, depending on where folks are at in income, lifestyle, and like literally lo their location, I would say most folks can't save for more than two or three things at the same time. 
so let's say you have an emergency fund, you're saving for a car, and you're saving for like a major vacation. Those are the three savings priorities. Where it tends to get difficult for folks is when they have five saving goals at the same time. They tell me, I got an emergency fund, I'm saving for my car, I got my Roth IRA, and I'm trying to save up money so I could retire a mom earlier. In which case, I have to tell them we have two choices. Either we need to focus on the first two or three goals that you have shared with me, or we need to make more money. That's it. It's harder the more you stretch yourself. So when you're starting out and you're on the lower end of the income spectrum, do not try and stretch yourself too hard. Focus on what needs to get done. The emergency fund is you paying yourself to not be stressed out later, and that is a good use of your money. I know that I said a lot of things this episode, and feel free to re-listen to me talk about it. I hope, though, that this makes it easier for you to determine how much you need to have in your own personal emergency fund. Hopefully, it's reduced some confusion. This does not need to be a hard thing. This can be a basic thing that you can have in your life and you deserve to not be stressed out whenever ish hits the fan. So take a breath, evaluate your life, decide how much you need to have in your emergency fund and start allowing yourself to grow. This is Samantha Mantra signing off. I want you to take care and enjoy the rest of your payday.